turn with me to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul reminds these believers that he preached the gospel to them and that it's for their salvation if they keep in memory that which he's preached. And he says in verse 3, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. Why is it that Paul preached the gospel of grace? Why is it that Paul preached salvation by the grace of God in Christ? Well, it's because this is what Christ commissioned Paul to preach. He gave him this gospel to declare. To commission means to grant authority. It's to give power to do something that you've been commanded to do. And Paul references the appearance of Christ here to Cephas. That is, when Cephas was on the road to Emmaus, and Christ appeared to him and another. And he references his appearance to the disciples, calling them the twelve, of which Paul, or of which Luke wrote, and of which John also records in his gospel. And that's what we're going to look at, is John's recording of these things. Our text tonight is in John 20. Let's go to John 20. And we'll be looking at verses 17 through 31. And these verses here give us an intimate account of our Lord's appearance to the twelve after his resurrection. Now at this time I realized there was only eleven apostles, but he calls them here the twelve because these were... 11 of the original apostles that were called by our Lord. Now, when our Lord appeared to these men, he gave them a commission. He gave them authority to carry out a particular command of the Lord, our Lord, and it was to preach the gospel to the world. Matthew records this as the Great Commission, which you can read of in Matthew 28, when he led them out a little further after these events that John records here for us. But this account, it happens just a little before that, and John was moved to record these, to highlight this commission that the Lord gave to the church where he instructs her of his commission to preach the gospel, to preach this gospel. And what we're looking at here tonight is not only an account of the commission that the Lord gives to his church to preach this gospel, but we're shown that it's through the preaching of the gospel that the Lord blesses his people, that the Lord does for all his people what he does for these disciples here in this text. This is the church's commission. So we, I want to begin reading verses 17 and 18. 
Jesus saith unto Mary, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Luke tells us of these things that the Lord confirmed to the disciples. It regards his redemption and resurrection, saying to them when Luke recorded it, ye are witnesses of these things, these things concerning my death, concerning my resurrection. But what I want to emphasize to you about these two verses is that they're actually a summary of what we're going to see tonight. These two verses are a summary of exactly what we're going to see tonight regarding the commission of our Lord to his church. Jesus saith unto Mary, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. Another way he could have said this is, Mary, you can't hold me now. I know you want to, but don't hold me now. I have to ascend to my Father, and I have something that I need you to do. I have a commission for you. I'm sending you on an errand to go to my brethren and to tell them of the things that you have heard from the angels and the things that you have seen in me and heard me say unto you. You know, sometimes believers wonder, why are we still here? Why is it after we hear the gospel and believe the Lord leaves us here in this world with all these trials and all these difficulties and all these things that, that are just so hard and difficult to bear sometimes? Why am I still here? Lord, why can't we go to be with you more quickly? Why can't we go with you immediately after we believe? I'm certain that if the Lord said to Mary, Mary, take my hand. We're sending up to the Father right now. I have no doubt in my mind that Mary would have said, let's go, let's go. She wouldn't have said, wait, let me go tell my family. Wait, I got a chore to do. She would have said, yes, Lord, let's go. She would have gladly clung to the Lord right then and there. But the Lord is saying, Mary, I must first ascend to my Father and your Father and to my God, and your God. And what you must do as my church here in the earth, here's my commission to you, Mary, go to my brethren and tell them of the things you have seen and heard. Tell them this good news, this gospel. And what do we read? Mary Magdalene, in verse 18, came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. And that, brethren, is the commission that our Lord has given to the church. That's why we are yet in the earth, to declare this good news to the Lord's brethren and to your brethren, to do all things for the sake of the elect, to fulfill our Lord's commission to publish this gospel to his people. That's why we're here.
That's exactly why we're here, so that, so that the Lord would call and bless his people just as he's called and blessed you with this same gospel word. So the church is to faithfully preach the gospel to a lost world. Mary came and told the disciples that the Lord appeared to her, and what he told, him to, what he told her to say, that she repeated to them. And so it is that we too, likewise, stand up, because we've experienced this grace through faith, the Lord working his salvation in us, having called us, having regenerated us, having given us faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, to know that this is the very salvation of God, that Christ, that Jesus of Nazareth, is the Christ of God whom the Father sent into this world to save his people from their sins. And therefore, we go and we preach it to others. We preach it to others, others that the Lord gathers together to hear this word. Paul told the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 4.13, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it's written, I believed, and therefore have I spoken. We also believe, and therefore speak. We preach this gospel that the Lord has convinced us of and taught us. We preach this gospel in hope knowing that the Lord is pleased to use this very word to save his people, to deliver them out of death and darkness into the kingdom of light, into that kingdom of salvation of our God by grace through the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord saves his people through this witness of Christ's salvation on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. We declare these things. And so Mary goes and she fulfills her commission, and we see something here that the Lord must do. The rest of this text shows us how that the Lord must attend that word and make it effectual to his people. It's one thing to hear it. It's one thing to be called. It's another thing to be chosen, chosen of God, to hear that word effectually unto the saving of your soul. And that happens by the, Lord, by the Lord's visit, by him coming. He must reveal himself to his people. Without this grace, without this grace being wrought in the heart of his people, they will not believe. And so Christ must come. He must attend that word, give his spirit, regenerate his people, opening their ear to hear this gospel word, to hear this good news. Our Lord told Nicodemus, who came to him by night, he said in John 3, 7, and 8, Marvel not that I said unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth, so is everyone that is born of the Spirit. We need the Spirit of God's grace, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to come and to regenerate us, to give us life, to, to, to bless us to hear this word. So it's not just the, the preaching of the word, but the Spirit of God regenerating the sinner, causing us to hear the voice of Christ, Christ who is himself the very word of God. 
Peter said it this way in 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God. Christ is that word of God. He is the incorruptible seed. He makes this word, this word of God, effectual in our hearts so that it's heard in the new man, the new man born of his grace, of his seed, that by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. And again, we're told faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to hear the word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, to bless us to hear this word and to receive this blessed gospel word and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to the saving of our souls. So in our text now, this visitation of Christ to his people, he gives them understanding and salvation, and that's demonstrated for us here in this text. Mary, who is a picture of the church, has declared the gospel to these men. And it says now in verse 19, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And that, brethren, is precisely what the Lord does in our hearts through the hearing of faith. The doors of our heart are shut. We've got them closed, locked up for fear of the enemy. We, we don't want anyone coming in here and, and, and changing things and doing something different. We've got it locked up, but Christ, by the power of God, he unlocks the door, and he enters into the heart, and he reveals himself with power to the hearts of his disciples. He blesses them. He manifests his light, his grace, his salvation in the sinner in the sinner who was shut up to these things, who was in prison, who was in darkness, who would not hear, he does this, and he's gracious to them. And he comes in and he speaks peace into our hearts to assure us of the grace of God. He says, peace be unto you. John 20, verse 20. And when, they, and when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands, and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Now this, of course, literally happened. Our Lord was showing his disciples. He was showing his disciples his wounds. He was showing his disciples his wounds. He showed them his hands and his side. And when they saw that, they were glad. He was showing them his wounds to convince them. Uh, this is me. This is my body. I have physically risen from the dead and stand before you. Just as I said, I have risen from the dead. And he's showing them that the testimony of Mary, a picture of the church who came and told you these things, her words are true. And they're to be heard. And they're to be believed because she's testifying to you the very truth of God, that I am the Christ. I am who I said I am. And the Father has testified to all my works in raising me from the dead, declaring he's satisfied. 
I've obtained your eternal redemption. And that's what he's showing. By showing them his hands, his side, and his feet, he's showing them the tokens of his love, how that the Lamb of God laid down his life for them. Sinners who forsook him, who abandoned him, who ran away, who denied him, who, 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 who forsook him that very night, leaving him alone. Yet, he laid down his life willingly for them and for all his sheep, all his people. These wounds speak of the full, free redemption, the full, free salvation of God in Christ. These wounds speak of the finished salvation of our Lord. His wounds speak of the satisfaction of the Father who raised him from the dead. Turn over to Isaiah 53 with me. Isaiah 53, and we're, we're going to look at verses 4 through 6. The wounds of Christ testify what he did for me, you that believe. You that believe Christ, these wounds testify what he did in redeeming you with his own blood on the cross. Isaiah 53, verse 4, surely... He hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. That was our assessment. We have nothing to boast in of ourselves. Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so these wounds plead for the salvation of all you that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ for your righteousness. You that have no confidence in this flesh, in your works, but believe him, look to him, these wounds plead for you with the Father. Everything you need is given to you. Everything that happens is for your good. It's according to your God's purpose of grace for you. To show you your need of him and to show you his sufficiency for you in all things. Everything we need is given to us for Christ's sake who redeemed us. Who was delivered for our offenses and raised again for our justification. Luke tells us that Christ said, Behold my hands and my feet, that it is I myself, handle me and see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. And you know, to preach the gospel is to preach Christ crucified who was raised from the dead by God. It's to declare that full, free salvation of God in Christ who laid down his life for sinners, given to him by the Father before the foundation of the world. And he did that, and he accomplished their salvation. He accomplished the deliverance of all who believe in him, all who come to the Father through Jesus Christ. He did this gracious work for. And Paul, he rebuked 
the Galatians because they, too, had seen Christ crucified. They saw his wounds. They saw Christ crucified. How? Through the preaching of the gospel. He said in Galatians 3, 1, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. How? How is that possible? Through the preaching of the gospel, we do show and declare the wounds of Christ and what he did in redemption for his people. Those wounds that were given to him, not for his own sins, but for our sins. The stripes and the beatings he took weren't for something he did, but for us, our sins and our iniquities, our trespasses. It was to pay our wages of sin, to, to bear the death that we earned. And so Paul, through the preaching of the gospel, shows the wounds, declared the wounds of Christ that he took to show the sinner that he, gave, he bore those wounds for you personally who believe him. They're, they're, they're your wounds that he bore for you. And that's why the church declares her Lord. Ephesians 5.30 saying, For we are members of his body, of his flesh, of his bones. And this is who the people see. They handle, they, they see the church. And the church declares Christ, exalts the Lord Jesus Christ in his crucifixion and his resurrection. Through this gospel that we're commissioned to preach because this is how the lost sheep see Christ risen from the dead. This is how they hear the voice of Christ who calls his sheep. This is how they handle him, and, and behold, he's risen from the dead. He's really raised from the dead. The Father raised him from the dead. This is where the sinner learns of his love for them who gave his body for their sins, to atone for their sins, to obtain eternal redemption for the sinner. For the sinner who has no confidence in their works, but has every confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so having believed him, therefore he repeats, now he repeats this commission to these men. First to Mary, now to these men. Verse 21, John 20, 21. Then said Jesus to them again, peace be unto you. As my father hath sent me, even so send I you. He's commissioning them. He's saying the same divine authority which, which, which sent me, I'm sending you with that same divine authority. Just as Christ was sent into the world, so by the Father, so Christ sends his church into the world. And just as Christ was hated and rejected by this world that, that despised him and his gospel, They'll despise and hate and reject the church and that message. But it's not for them. It's for the elect. It's for the sheep to hear. And they'll love them. They'll love them for it. They'll love the gospel and they'll rejoice in it. And our ministry, just like Christ's ministry, was confirmed with miracles and wonders. So our gospel is confirmed with miracles and wonders. And, you know, back then it was... It was attended with, with miracles just as Christ did. 
And sometimes we ask and wonder, why don't we see those healings and those deliverances from, from devils and people being raised from the dead? But to be honest with you, you know, the more time that passes between that time when our Lord was crucified and raised again, the more time that passes, you know, and I understand, once this word was finished, those miracles that, that testified that this is indeed the very word of God, those miracles ceased when this word was finished. And so the, the church is now established in the earth. We don't need those miracles. We know this is the word of God. We testify that this is the word of God. That which, which was unfinished is now finished. And so those things are done. But when you think about it, the more time that passes, what a miracle of grace that through the preaching of the gospel, though more, more and more time has passed, yet the Lord blesses his people by his grace and power. He delivers dead sinners out of darkness to hear this glorious good news. His gospel still heals and delivers and sets men free, just as it did back then. He's still doing exactly what Christ came to do for the hearts of his people, to bless them. He's still doing it. Turn over to Luke 4. Luke 4, we saw this a couple months back, but it goes nicely here. Luke 4, in verse 18, our Lord says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's quoting Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down. What we see there is our Lord having accomplished his redemption work having accomplished that work which he came to do to redeem his people, to obtain eternal life for all his people, to bless them, he gave that book to the minister, which is he commissioned his church to preach and declare this gospel word to the world. And then he ascended to the Father, to, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. He sat down, just like he sat down here, he sits down now, and we go forth preaching Christ crucified, because he's still declaring this good news to the poor and the needy sinner, to heal the brokenhearted, to give sight to the blind, to open the ear of the deaf, to, to, to strengthen the, the legs of, of the lame, so that they can walk, that they can go forth carrying, shod with the, the gospel of peace, declaring this good news to sinners, telling others of what Christ has done for them. And it says there at the very end of verse 20, and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And that's what preaching the word of God faithfully, that's what preaching the Lord Jesus Christ in this gospel does. It, it puts all eyes Believers and non-believers, it fastens their eyes 
on the Lord Jesus Christ in his glory. It sets the eyes of the sinner on Christ. And that's where they need to be, away from us and looking at him. Because he saves sinners. He draws sinners to himself. Now, we read back in John 20, verse 22 and 23. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Now, these men were already believers. They, they were believers. They were saved. They were born-again believers. This is a, a blessing. He gives the Holy Ghost here in, in, in attendance with his great commission, that where this gospel is preached, the Holy Ghost will, will attend that word, making it effectual to the hearts of all his chosen people. He'll work that salvation in them. And that's what this blessing is. Luke said it this way, then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. He gave them that gift, that gift. And so they, they had that gift, that understanding of the gospel now. And then they waited till Pentecost when, when he came in. And at that time, they were praying here when he came in. They're, they're just commiserating. But at that time, they were praying because he had given them that, that blessing of the Spirit to understand the Scriptures and to wait for the Lord's next, next command to them. And so we need the Holy Ghost to enable us, both in, as a church, to preach this gospel faithfully and for his people to hear this gospel with faith in faith, and to be blessed by it, to be regenerated and blessed under the preaching of the gospel. And wheresoever this gospel is faithfully preached, God is going to discover his elect. He's going to manifest faith in them, calling them out of darkness, calling them out of death, bringing them into the light of Christ, regenerating them by his Holy Spirit. And, and so one other thing, God alone can forgive sins. I know that the, the false church thinks that they have the power to forgive sins or to withhold forgiveness. That's not what Christ is saying. He's commissioning the church, preach the gospel to every creature. Go and preach the gospel to every creature because this is how I save my people. Mark said it this way in Mark 16, verse 15 and 16. To clarify this remitting and retaining, he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And that's the commission. Just like the Apostle John said in 1 John 5, 12, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. And the way that, that you have the Son is through the preaching of the gospel made effectually to your heart by the gift of the Holy Ghost that gives you faith to believe that word that you're hearing, to believe, to hear the word of God, the eternal word of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, we're given another detail here in verse 24 and 25. It says, but Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, or twin, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples, therefore, here they are, they're fulfilling the commission to preach the gospel. They said unto him, we've seen the Lord. 
But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And so what the Lord showing us here is one of his elect was not present at that original time, that time when the other disciples were there. But he's a child of God, and he must be visited. He's heard the gospel. We've seen the Lord. He's heard the good news, but he needs to be visited by the Lord. And therefore, this whole thing, John records this detail, showing us this whole thing. Luke doesn't have this, but, but he, he puts it here to, to show us this, that everything is repeated for Thomas. The whole thing's repeated for Thomas. Why does the Lord do this? Well, we know when the Lord repeats things, it's to get our attention. It's to show us this is important. Hear this. Pay attention to what's being said here. This is, this is very important. This is a truth here. And so he does for Thomas exactly what he did for the other disciples. Look at verses 26 through 28. And after eight days, again, his disciples were with him and Thomas with him, with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. He did the exact same thing as was done with the other disciples. Their door was shut and locked. Thomas's door was shut and locked. And then Christ came in and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. He showed him his wounds, just like he showed the other disciples. He showed him his wounds. And Thomas, seeing this, answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. He believed. He was visited. Now he heard the word, and he was visited by Christ and saw his wounds. He saw what Christ did for him personally as his Lord and Savior. He believed. And, and Christ didn't have to say, receive ye the Holy Ghost, because that blessing was already pronounced and given as a promise forever that he does this. This is how he saves his people. And so what's the Lord teaching us in these examples about his commission? We saw Mary preach the word to the disciples, and then Christ came and they received the Holy Ghost. Then he, he gave this commission to the disciples, and then they went and preached it to Thomas, who wasn't there. And then Christ came and visited, and he believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And like Thomas, we too were not there that first time when Christ came to the disciples. We need this same visit from the Lord. Our Lord's repeating this example for us to show us, this is what I do for all my people. I send you the gospel. You'll hear that gospel, and I will attend that gospel in the day of grace, making it effectual in your heart to deliver you from death, to give you an expected end in me for your healing, for your comfort, for your salvation, for your all in me. And so the only difference is he, he says, as we'll see in the next verse, he says, they just won't see a physical appearance from me, but they'll believe. I'll visit them. I'll give them my, my spirit, and they shall hear and believe. I'll bless them, but it's going to be spiritual. 
And look at verse 29. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. And so every one of us is saved the exact same way through the gospel of God's grace being proclaimed to us by his church, by someone in his church. And he attends that word, making it effectual unto us through re regeneration. Whereunto, Paul said, he called you by our gospel to the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now in closing, verses 30 and 31. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written. You see, the Lord does many wonderful things in the lives of his people. Some people, they have a disease or something sanctified to them for their good. Sometimes he delivers them. Sometimes he blesses them through that disease. Some people have this trial, other people have that trial, and we have these things that, that we see how the Lord visited us and answered our prayers and taught us and blessed us. But they're not all the same for everyone. They're, they're different. And, and John tells us, but these are written, these are recorded here. What I put here for you is accomplished alike in every believer that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. This gospel preached is a constant for every believer. And the visit of Christ is a constant for every believer. Being regenerated, born again, is a constant for every believer. And faith is wrought in the heart of every believer. Those things don't change. And that's why it's written here, right here for you, because this is what the Lord does in every case, in every case for his child. The particular details may vary, but this commission is fulfilled unto every one of you by the grace, by the authority, by the power of our Lord. And that's why the church is yet in the earth. Like Mary, we here and now have a commission, but soon our Lord will come again and will forever be in his embrace, and we shall be with the Lord forever. When that, when that commission is fulfilled, we'll be with him forever. I, and that's a joy. That's a joy. And I pray the Lord bless that word to your hearts, brethren. Amen. Let's pray. Our gracious Lord, we thank you for this grace we thank you for your commission to us to preach this word, to support this word being declared and proclaimed from this pulpit in this, this dark corner of the world. Lord, we pray that you would indeed bless us to be faithful with it, that you would be pleased to gather in your sheep, your precious sheep, to cause them to hear this word, and we pray that each time we proclaim it, you would visit and attend this word making it effectual to the hearts of your people, some being regenerated and delivered from death, others being comforted and, and, and helped and blessed by your grace, being strengthened and, and reminded of your goodness, of your power, of your grace, of why you have put us here on the earth to this day. Lord, we, 
pray that you would indeed be with your people. You know our struggles and our trials. You know the difficulties and the sad, sad things that, that happen to us and the hardships we go through. Lord, help your people. Bless them. Fill them with your spirit. Give us your grace and peace, Lord. Peace be unto you, you say. Lord, indeed, let us feel and know that peace which passeth all understanding, that exceeds what the, the sight of this flesh sees, that beholds the Lord Jesus Christ and looks to him rather than the things of this earth. Help us, Lord, to do what we need to do, but keep our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us in him always. Heal us of our sicknesses and diseases. Heal us of our broken heart. Heal us of our... Uh, of deliver us from the prison and, 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 and the hardships brought on us by sin and, and stubbornness and, and hardness. Lord, please bless your people. It's in Christ's name we pray and give thanks. Amen.